What up, world? It's your past first point guard and trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode, Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked on Blazers your first listen every day. Free on all platforms, five days a week, coming at you every single weekday. Make it your first listen, make it a part of your daily routine. Today's show is a fun one. We got a little bit of contractual news in May. And then we will talk about what the implications are for that contractual news for the Blazers. Robert Covington gets a payday. Who are the Blazers going to pay to replace Robert Covington? We'll close the show with some fun, fun, fun making jokes and talking about who the Blazers can have represent them at the NBA Draft Lottery. Let's talk about the news, though. Robert Covington, according to a report from ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski, has agreed to a two-year, $24 million extension with the Los Angeles Clippers. Rocco, of course, traded by the Blazers to the Clippers ahead of the trade deadline, about a week before the trade deadline, in exchange for Eric Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, Keon Johnson, and a 2025 second-round pick. There was Rocco joined Norman Powell heading to the Clippers. Norman Powell already under a multi-year contract. He's going to be a Clipper probably for a long time. Now the Clippers have committed to keeping your boy, Robert Covington, Rocco, in in tow, uh, part, of, part of the group. Uh, Rocco gets two years and $24 million from the Clippers. Uh, contractually, this was the longest, uh, with the way the CBA works, the longest extension Rocco could sign to remain with the Clippers. So he got as many years as he could possibly get to stick around. He also gets, and I think this is this is a key one for me, he gets more than the mid-level, at least on average annual value. Uh, the mid-level exception is for teams that are below the tax line, which the Clippers are not going to be, but below the tax line, um, the uh, the the largest contract, like starting year, year one contract is about 10.25, 10.3 million is what the mid-level is going to end up being. Rocco gets on average, you know, 12 million a year. It's probably like 11 and a half and then or 11 and a half and then 12 and a half to, to, to make the math work um, because of how raises work. But on average, like an average annual value higher than the mid-level exception. This is a good deal for Robert Covington. And it's a reminder of two things. <laughs> reminder of two very important things for me. This is what sticks out. One, ownership is the most, maybe not the most, but ownership is the is a serious serious competitive advantage. The most competitive advantage is like warm weather or something like that. It's like Los Angeles and Miami are really are more competitive because the weather's warm. But other than other than sweet mother Gaia's warm kisses, if you're in if you're in the more southern locales in the United States, uh ownership is the biggest competitive advantage in the NBA. Uh the According to reporting from ESPN, Bobby Marks of ESPN, uh, with the deal for Robert Covington, the Los Angeles Clippers tax bill for next season will, will go from $17.8 million, they're going to pay about $17.8 million in taxes, to $54.9 million. Steve Ballmer, the owner of the Clippers, you know what he doesn't care about? He doesn't care about millions because he has billions. This dude is going to make a ton of money running the Clippers, and he's going to sell them for just an absurd amount of money in like 30 years when he's done playing with his toys. He knows it doesn't matter. The thing he wants to do is win a championship. You know what you do to win a championship? You pay a whole boatload of cash. And Steve Ballmer, who has more money than he could possibly spend, 
is going to spend it on the Clippers. He's going, to, he's going to try to spend it on the Clippers. This is a huge competitive advantage. The Blazers spent this season trying to duck out of the luxury tax for specifically this reason. They were a mediocre team, and why pay all that money for a mediocre team? And the Clippers, who didn't even make the damn playoffs this year, said, we think we're going to be really good. Let's let's spend like we're a really good team. When Kawhi Leonard's back and Paul George is you know healthy for a full year, Rocco is an is a bench player on this team making twelve million dollars a year. That's that's probably like for someone of Rocco's quality, like roughly, I guess it's maybe a little more than than he would have made in the open market, but roughly what it's worth, like basically the mid level. Like I, a couple thoughts. Rocco was not good to begin the year in Portland. I do not think he vibed with what Chauncey Billups was asking of him. In fact, early in the year, Chauncey Billups told Jason Quick of The Athletic that that he viewed Robert Covington as the as the premier wing stopper on the roster. And that is just straight up not what Covington is. I think it was a fundamental fundamental misunderstanding of what Rocco's skill set was. Blazers didn't have that player on the roster, so maybe Rocco had to be it. But I think that fundamental misunderstanding led to just kind of it not working out here vibes wise for Rocco. He was bad. He got benched. He got benched deservedly. Then he, after he got benched, he started playing a whole hell of a lot better. When he got to the Clippers, he played, he continued to be pretty darn good. He had an insane game where he had 11 three pointers for the Clippers and scored 43 points. Um, truly, truly wild, unrelated to the contract, but truly wild little Rocco tidbit that you should know. Uh, and, and he ends up getting a payday. He ends up being part of their core. Like the, the Clippers plan is to have a bunch of dudes who are six foot eight and up who can just be on the court at all times. Wings are the thing that every team is looking for. Rocco has some deficiencies, but you just, you add to the wing room, you add to the core. If the, if the Clippers who are reportedly going to move off of Marcus Morris, you, you know, he fit, Rocco and Marcus Morris are not really very similar players, but they're at least similar sizes. You just keep it moving and you have, you, you load up on wings. It's what the Clippers have done. It's, I really like their roster. I'm a, I'm a pretty big Rocco believer. I think if you're a long-time listener to this pod, you know that I have um, said that Rocco was really good, even when he was really bad. I've, I've ridden for my boy, but I admit that he was like terrible at, at times during the first part of the season for the Blazers this year. And now he gets paid and he's going to be a bench guy and probably useful bench guy on a good team. That leads me to my next thought is like the Blazers could use a Rocco, maybe not specifically Robert Covington because it didn't work out here. And I think like the kind of unknowable thing about when you're talking about adding and building roster stuff is like chemistry, right? Like, are you going to get along with your teammates? Or are you going to get along with a coach? Uh, I think Rocco didn't really get along with the coach. It, chemistry stuff didn't work out the Blazers dumped him knowing that some other knowing that he wasn't going to be part of the plan regardless they weren't going to bring him back they weren't going to pay to bring him back some other team chose to do so this isn't really about like failure of process right like I've been pretty hard I did not like the Clippers trade that the Blazers executed because I I think Norman Powell and Robert Covington are good but they did it for financial reasons they did it for the, the f word for flexibility so what has flexibility wrought you let's talk about some some likely targets with the mid-level exception money. Not even likely, possible targets with the mid-level exception money. The Blazers are going to have the mid-level exception. About $10 million to lure someone to be a versatile defensive forward, a la Robert Covington. Who might that be? Let's name some names in the second segment. Before we do that, let me tell you about, let me tell you about Bilt Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market. Something I eat 
pretty darn regularly. I like them because they pack a punch. 17 grams of protein on average, 130 calories on average, 4 grams of sugar, and just 4 net carbs. They're tasty, and they pack a punch. They come in great flavors. I really like peanut butter brownie, but if you go to Built.com, you're going to find something you like. Either you're going to like try peanut butter brownie and like it too, or you're going to find one of their many, many other flavors and give it a whirl, decide what you like, and then order more from there. And while you're doing that, make sure you use the promo code LOCKED15. Save yourself a little bit of money. That's You'll get 15% off when you're visiting Built.com. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right. So who replaces Robert Covington? The Blazers will have the mid-level exception. I think we get caught up in, in like the... MLE and BAE and all the stuff in free agency time. The Blazers are going to have this contract. It's worth $10 million to begin with. It could come with 5% raises. It could be signed for, um, it could be up to a four-year contract. They'll basically have a four for 44, if you think about it, four for $42 million contract to offer someone. Are they going to offer someone the full full MLE? I don't think so. But something like, uh, you know, three for 33. That Think about it like that. Three for 33. They're going to go on the open market and say, three years, $11 million a year, what can you get? Well, the first, the sort of first issue here with that, with that logic for the Blazers is that the free agent class is relatively underwhelming. And secondly, is that, uh, they have a specific needs. Uh, they can't, they can kind of, you know, you could spread this money around and make it happen depth wise. But I think like the Blazers need, and I, and I don't mean this to like, like, troll the front office. Like that's, that's not my goal. They need Robert Covington. Like they need, they need a defensive forward who can operate without the ball and can provide a little bit of shooting, a three and D forward who has some skills. Like that's, that's what they need. Um, you know, they paid two, they traded two first round picks to get Robert Covington. He was darn good on a terrible defensive team. And then he was bad on a terrible defensive team. He didn't exactly raise the floor of what they did under two different coaches. Uh, and I will give Chauncey Billups a pass for the offense being out of whack. But at the beginning of the year, the Blazers were terrible on defense with better defensive personnel. It didn't, it didn't click until later in the year and it didn't click with Rocco and they had to get rid of him. But now they find themselves in this spot where they need to replace him and they have one vehicle to do so. And that's the mid-level exception, the MLE. And so we're hitting acronyms. I got three names that I've been thinking of. Uh, one, one, a caveat here. Role matters. Money matters, but proximity to a championship will matter for the best players. So the first name that I'm going to throw out there is a name I've seen a bunch on r slash Rip City. Shout out to all my Reddit heads out there. Uh, I I read r slash Rip City at least once a week, probably twice a week, quite honestly. Uh, people go, people, people give me some good ideas to sort of think about. And it's also just a good way to gauge what fans are talking about. One of the things that I see fans talking about over there on the forum, Bobby Portis. Bobby Portis took less money to go back to, to Milwaukee. He gave an interview right after the Bucks won a championship about looking for uh, generational wealth. It was an interview he did with uh, Dan Lebetard. And that made me think, damn, Bobby Portis is going to leave that championship team where he was a dang cult hero and they cheer his name and he's just like beloved in Milwaukee because he's going to go get the bag and you can't fault someone for any athlete really for chasing the bag. Your earning window is relatively small. You have a chance to make like crazy generational money in this small window. Go ahead and get it. And Bobby Portis, you know what he did? He went back for like four, four and a half million bucks for like for cheap, cheap to go back 
to the Bucks. He's going to be on the, if he wants to be, he can be on the market again this year. And I think this was the idea. It's like dip in, go win two championships. Then I'll have kind of got, got my fix and I'll still be really good and I can go get paid. Is the mid-level exception is, is three for 33 or four for 44 or whatever it ends up striking out to be about $10 million, $10 million a year for four years. Is that generational money for Bobby Portis? No, probably not. But uh, will teams with, will, you know, will he be interested in other teams, you know, who have more cap space, who are worse than the Blazers or maybe worse than the Blazers or about the same level, getting more money from them? We'll see. And would those teams pay a Bobby Portis type, right? Like he's, he's a vet. He seems like a guy who would help winning teams. The Blazers fancy themselves a winning team. I do not think Bobby Portis would take the Blazers MLE money to come here because I don't think it's enough of a pay raise. It's enough of a generational wealth to be a starting power forward on the seventh best team in the West. Like it doesn't, he doesn't strike me as someone who would do that. That said, hell yeah, Bobby Portis is good. He's, um, he's, he used to only take 19 footers. Now he just gets them up from three, just nonstop. He just chucks threes. Um, he's all, he's kind of always been this way. I remember seeing him as a, as a, uh, rising college or a rising high school senior. Um, and, he was someone who got shots up, like <laughs> unafraid to shoot him. He certainly did. Um, and he still is like, he loves, he loves shoot jumpers. He plays really hard. He rebounds. He's physical. Um, I really like Bobby Portis. Like I think he's really good and he think he could really help. I think he could play next to Nurk at power forward and be a backup center. At, um, and I think he'd be really good. He would be a target. Like if you're putting out targets, this is why people on my good folks at r slash rip city know that he's a target. Cause he would be helpful. That is like absolutely true. It just seems like a, it's, it seems unlikely. It just seems unlikely that he would be, he would, this would be the spot he ends up uh, because of what the Blazers have to offer because of what the Blazers roster situation is. They certainly have playing time and a role for him for sure. But like if he, if, you know, if he plays in back-to-back championships or whatever, or, or, you know, um, if, if he wants to be on a really good team, I'm not sure this is what the Blazers are offering him, although they're going to sell him on being a really good team. That is for sure. So perhaps the, if the money is best here and the role is best here, Bobby Portis could happen. Um, if, if it's just like a yes or no, if it's a binary question you are posing to me, should they do it? Yes, they should do it. Uh, I just want to be like, sort of, I, in all of these things, I strive to be as realistic as possible. The other name on there, who's not going to command full mid-level money is Otto Porter Jr. He was a name that I had on here last year in this exact same spot. He took a minimum contract to go sign with Golden State. That might give you a sense of proximity to a championship and how that is valuable. Um, I thought Otto Porter was going to get mid-level money last year when I did my ideal offseason, which I will do again once we've kind of figure out what the Blazers draft pick is going to be. Look for that in late May. Uh, Like... Otto Porter was someone who I was ready to give $10 million to last year. Not much has changed. He can really shoot it. He's big. He can play mostly four, but he can play a little bit of three. He's not as fast as he once was, but uh, someone his size who can really, who can really shoot is someone the Blazers would need. Is Otto Porter like a starting power forward on a team that contends for a conference finals? No, but the Blazers need a three and D type and on an underwhelming free agent class, Otto Porter Jr. for a portion of the MLE, say like seven million in bucks, and you kind of spread the spread the rest of it around to make it happen. You know, add more depth pieces. Like this is a this is a fallback. This is a significant fallback from the Bobby Portis plan. Um, he would appeal to me. Binary, should they give him the money? This one gets murkier for me. I would lean yes, but I wouldn't feel good about it. Um, I don't think Porter Jr. is going to command that money, and I don't think he's going to. I think it's just going to sign another minimum contract with the Warriors, right? Um, 
So, but he's like, this is, this just like, it kind of illustrates how thin it is. Nicholas Batum, he chose not to come here and sign for less with the Clippers. You assume he stays there. That's like, like this is kind of names that are, that are on similar on that list. And so that brings us to the, to the name that I like legitimately think is a good idea. And I think it could be, could happen. It's Kyle Anderson. Slow-mo. It's big. Uh, he took he kind of early in the year took a step back on defense. He's, this is Grizzlies forward Kyle Anderson. You can watch him when the Grizzlies play on Saturday. This is uh, this is Friday, May sixth show. So if you're listening to it on Friday, on Saturday, Grizzlies are going to play the Warriors. Check out your boy, like twelve thirty Pacific time, slow mo, and imagine him wearing pinwheel pinwheel adorned jerseys, the red and black of, of Portland Trailblazers. Like he can handle the ball. He can really pass. He has a funky, but somewhat effective shot. He has, um, he has an ability to play at less than one mile per hour and score in the paint. He's so good at playing slow. It's why his nickname is slow-mo two years ago. Um, he was really, really good on defense. I think he took a step back on defense this year. When I watched him, I felt like that. Uh, and I think the advanced stats were even meaner than my eyeballs. Um, but like he can be a pretty darn good defensive player. There's been some moments in the playoffs when he has guarded Steph Curry in space. Dude is um, has some real skills, can pass, can handle that dream of taking Damian Lord and Anthony Simons off the ball and adding a ball handling forward. Kyle Anderson, you could slot him into that. I think the mid-level is about the money that you would expect there. I think he can play three. I think he can play four. Um, he's not like really physical and bruising, but if you assume that the physicality and the bruising comes from Nurk, I think Kyle Anderson is a fine fit next to him. Uh, I think it, like, it, when I'm making this list and I'm looking at the the, the, the guys who are going to be available in the free agent market, Kyle Anderson is at the top of my list. I've liked him for a while. Um, I liked him coming out of UCLA. I, I've, I've really enjoyed him over the last couple of years. Um, early in his career, I was probably even more excited about Kyle Anderson. He's, he kind of plateaued a little bit, but he's still darn good. Uh, and for what the Blazers have, I think slow-mo, I think Kyle Anderson is is about as much as, he's, he's close to a dream signing for me. Um, will he make my, will, will he make my uh, perfect off-season, A-plus off-season in the end of May here in a couple of weeks? Maybe stay tuned. Uh, he's certainly on the he's certainly on the short list of 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 plans. Uh, again, this is kind of like is Kyle Anderson a starting power forward on a team that makes the Western Conference Finals? Probably not. Blazers don't have that luxury of of doing that right now. They gotta you gotta use MLE money on Kyle Anderson. Then you got you know you gotta hit it in cycles. You gotta get the summer cycle right. You gotta get the trade deadline cycle right, and then you gotta get the next summer right. And then the Blazers can conceivably piece together over the course of of you know four cycles, two trade deadlines, two off seasons, a really good team. That's like that's your that's my like belief in how this kind of works. They want to be good right away, but I think Cronin has has Joe Cronin, the Blazers GM, has said like he knows that you kind of you build in stages. For stage one, Kyle Anderson is near the top of my list. He's at the top of my list. He's not near. He's at the top of my list. Slow-mo. All right. Let's have a little fun to close the show, shall we? It's Friday. It's Friday. Uh, if you're listening, if you're watching this on Friday, it's Friday. If you're, if you're not, it's whatever the hell day it is. Let's have a little fun heading into my weekend here before we have that fun. Talking all things draft representation. 
Let's talk about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. More lines, more props, more odds than they've ever had before, and they got it on every single sport. Uh, there are this is I'm recording this on a Thursday where there are no NBA games, but they're coming back all weekend long, and you can get in all the action lines, props, odds on all of those games. You don't want to bet on the NBA. Whatever sport you're looking for is going to be waiting for you in BetOnline.net. So go take advantage. That's BetOnline where the game starts. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You're still listening to Locked on Blazers. Let's have a little fun to close the show, shall we? The Blazers are, as I record this, as you're listening to this, about 10 days away from the NBA draft lottery. And how the NBA draft lottery works is they get every team that's in the lottery, all 14 teams in the lottery, they put them in a room with one representative who who, who uh, st- sits behind a little lectern with the Blazers or with the team logo there. And then as uh, Deputy Commissioner Mark Tatum reads out the draft order, you get to flash to whoever the representative is and they do a little cheer do a little fist pump yes or they or they kind of don't react because they were the ninth pick and they stayed at the ninth pick whatever it might be but there is like some i don't know if there's art to it but there is there's there is some importance placed on who nba franchises sent uh last year when the detroit pistons won the won the lottery and got the first overall pick. They sent Ben Wallace, NBA legend, and I believe he works for the G League team, uh, the uh, Grand Rapids Drive, uh, Ben Wallace. In 2020, D'Angelo Russell, uh, point guard for the T-Wolves, went. T-Wolves win the, win the lottery. They get Ann Edwards. And Edwards is so good, they're going to trade D'Angelo Russell now. To, life comes at you fast. 2019, when the Pels won it, it was Alvin Gentry, their coach. Like, there's some, there's people send executives, they send players, they send legends. You know, the Rockets sent Hakeem Olajuwon, the Pistons sent Ben Wallace. They go one, two, right? Like, send a legend. Back in 2007, when the Blazers won the draft lottery and they drafted uh, a tall person from Ohio State University, can't remember his name. Uh, I know it wasn't Kevin Durant. But when they did win that lottery, <laughs> Apologies to Greg Oden. It's not his fault. It's not your fault, Greg. You didn't you, you didn't do anything wrong. It just it life life happens. But but the Blazers sent Brandon Roy. Uh, you know he had been the he was taken in the 2006 draft. He was rookie of the year. Uh, they you know they get lucky. They win the they jump up from the six best lottery odds. They win the lottery and they get um, and they get what was supposed to be a generational talent franchise altering talent in Greg Oden and he turned out to be someone who was darn good and couldn't stay healthy. Blazer back right there. Six best lottery odds. So I think the obvious person you send is like Ant, right? Uh, the the right choice is Dame, right? The right choice is Dame. It sends a good message. One, he's the best player on the team. Two, you rep for the lottery. You're like committed for the direction of the team, right? Like you, you look... You look like you're, hey, I'm, I'm in this. Take that weird national speculation. I, I'm I'm down for for whatever's next. Like I, I, Dame Dame sends the right message. Uh, th- that's easy choice. Like it should be Damian Lord. Uh, it'll be someone like Asia Jones or like a, a Blazers executive or something like that. But it got me thinking of like who's the dumbest person they could send to the draft lottery, and that's why I want to do the close the show. I got some dumb ideas. The dumbest person they could send is Jody Allen. 
because she's going to sell the team and bail on whoever this draft pick is. So send owner Jody Allen to stand there. She's got cool blazer gear. I've seen her at the game a whole bunch. She's got a cool blazer jacket. Jody, wear that cool blazer jacket. Stand at the lectern and pump your fist when the Blazers win the lottery and then sell the team within eight months. That's the dumbest person they could send. They could also send free throw guy. Free throw guy used to be used to have these great seats. He was a season ticket holder. Blazers basically priced him out. It was too expensive for free throw guy to continue to go to games. Now he just shows up every so often, but he still does his shtick a little bit, but not nearly as aggressive. Um, he's he just chills. Free throw guy kind of retired. I think the Blazers need to promise to rekindle the joy of someone with really nice seats taking it upon themselves to make custom T-shirts and distract opposing shooters from free throws in the second half of games send free throw guy to the draft lottery maybe they should send blaze the trail cat a lot of teams have cats in fact the indiana pacers who are just ahead of the blazers have have a cat uh they got the fifth best lottery odds boomer is the cat this would be this would be bizarre cat supremacy. You're a, you're a team that for for whatever reason chose a cat. Yeah, sure. I don't give a hoot. Yeah, okay. Our cat's better. It's a trail cat. It's not a ra- race car cat. I'm not sure the the boomer story. Uh, it would prove it would prove supremacy over over clutch bear. Take that. Get get out of there, clutch bear. It prove supremacy over. Uh, Hooper, the uh, the Pistons horse, like this would be this would be mascot supremacy in the first time that a um, non-verbal character represented the uh, Blazers or any team at the draft lottery. Send Blaze the Trail Cat to, to the draft lottery. Also, consider Greg Oden. Consider Greg Oden. You want to exercise your demons. You want to prove that you're beyond the curse of, you know, I've seen fans say, oh, the Blazers can't take Chet Holmgren because a, a, a big guy with a weird body composition. They just can't do it. They're, this franchise is cursed. That's cowardly. And sending Greg Oden to the draft lottery would prove that this team isn't run by cowards. I think Greg Oden's busy. He works for Ohio State basketball, but he can take one day off in May. Like, like he can do it. It's just it's like a weekend afternoon in May. Fine. Give Greg Oden, give Greg Oden the jet. Get him, get him out there. Let Greg Oden represent. The other player that they should send, CJ McCollum. Not because they don't have two lottery picks, but because there's some real irony in saying, we chose this. We chose this, the six overall pick. Instead of you, and it was the right move. We chose losing instead of you. They should send C.J. McCollum. And if not C.J. McCollum, how about Cameron McGriff? In December, when the Blazers had to sign a bunch of guys to 10-day deals, signed Brandon Williams, signed Reggie Perry, and they signed Cameron McGriff. Reggie Perry came back, finished the season on the roster. Brandon Williams came back and got a two-way deal. He's under contract and going to be a... a two-way guy on the Blazers roster next season. But you know who didn't get to come back? It's my man Cameron McGriff. Send Cameron McGriff to the draft lottery. All this tanking, it started in December when they realized they were really bad. Send Cameron McGriff to represent the tanking. Here's what I don't want. The Blazers are going to send like... They're going to send just like an executive, right? They're going to send just like someone from the front office because Dame's going to want to be on vacation and be a, like a dad who also has uh, hundreds of millions of dollars and can travel all over the world. That's what he's going to want to do in May. Uh, CJ McCollum plays for another team. Greg Oden works for uh, a, a college in the Midwest. Free throw guy 
I'm sure has a job still doing something. I know that at one point he worked in uh, finance. Free throw guy's going to be busy. Free throw guy's going to be busy. They're going to send an executive. They're just going to send like a, they're going to send Asia Jones. That, that's my, my 100% guess who, who they sent, right? They're going to send, they're going to send representative Asia Jones. The other option, the final option, this is what I'll give you with, is the guy that asked that one random question <laughs> at the Wesley Matthews introductory press conference back in 2008. Let me tell you this story and then we'll close the show. Uh, the Blazers used to do more like fanfare with stuff. And when the Blazers signed Wesley Matthews to uh, a contract, uh, he was he played for the Utah Jazz and then he, he guarded Carmelo Anthony, guarded Kobe Bryant in the playoffs and he was just balling and he got a whole bunch of money from the Blazers for, for it. And, and Wes deserves it. Still a very good player, even at 33 years old. Uh, and they held his press conference like outside at a park in, in Northeast Portland. And it... You know, it had similar feel to other media media um, moments, like with chairs and a and a and a table set up, lectern set up, and and people uh, could ask questions, and there was the media members ask questions. But it was like outside, and this random fan, just like a dude in a in a flannel shirt, like just r- rolled up, sat in the media seating, and asked Wes Matthews a question. Find that guy, and send him to the draft lottery because that's the spirit that the Blazers need. They need chaos. They need someone who takes charge and they need to win the damn thing and get the first overall pick. Find the guy in the flannel shirt who was bold enough to walk into that press conference back in 2008. And if you're listening, guy in the flannel shirt from 2008, hit me up. LockedOnBlazersPod at gmail.com. Those are my stupid ideas. I hope they made you have a little... I hope they were a little bit fun heading into into the weekend. Come back next week. Five more shows. Free on all platforms. Five days a week. It's It's a daily show. So make it your first listen every day. Tell your friends to do the same. Come back. We'll do it again soon. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.